Planet X Cinema is a pop-up movie theater showing righteous trash cinema. Each week on this show, the Hicks brothers meet to take suggestions for new movie titles from the Planet X faithful and turn them into brand new films. It's fake movies from the minds of madmen. To the Planet X Cinema Podcast, I am Drew Hicks. My name's Blair Hicks. Thanks for joining us. How you doing, Blair? I'm okay. Yeah, just okay. Yeah, just all right. What? Cheer yeah. up, Buttercup. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's ennui. I think I have the ennui. Ennui. Is that catching? Can you get that from people? I like, think it's. Yeah, absolutely you can. Are you kidding? If you're around a bunch of people full of ennui, you get ennui. How do you get rid of ennui? Um, do you have any hobbies? Um, like watching bad movies. Me too. Um, <laughs> like going to the bar. Me too. Uh, I like my record collection. If only there was some kind of outlet for us to talk about bad movies while we drank alcohol. Hmm. Hmm. You know what, if we ever did that, I'd like to keep a record of that. Because then the next time I had ennui, I could go back and I could be like, oh yeah, remember when I had ennui and then I didn't have ennui anymore? I have a record of that. Yeah, I invented mind crimes and now I don't have ennui anymore. I just have a, a, an insufferable frustration with a hypothetical movie I'll never be able to watch. Welcome to the Planet X Cinema Podcast, where we try to cure ennui. For ourselves. The, cure, the cure for ennui. The Planet cure X. for ennui, the Planet X Cinema podcast. Well, we did do something exciting before we hopped on the call. We decided on our next two screenings, which is super exciting. So to, to recap, for, for those of you listening, we, you know, we do a, a free monthly screening of uh, what we call Righteous Trash Cinema, films we really, really enjoy, but maybe haven't found their audience yet. Um, we just finished showing a trio of weird uh, Christmas specials uh, in December for our Hail Santa event. Our next screening is January 25th. We're showing Stay Tuned, which is a fucking great film about two parents that get sucked into their TV uh, when it turns out that their TV was sold to them by the literal devil. And then in uh, February, on February 22nd, we're showing The Giver, uh, which is like a tokusatsu American adaptation of a Japanese manga slash anime that's about body horror and kung fu and monsters and all kinds of stuff. But we have two new screenings. I'm very excited with our selections. Unveil them. Uh, well, on March the 29th, so final Friday of March, we're going to be showing The Gate. The Gate. If you have never seen The Gate, is an amazing film that combines somehow com combines 80s children child adventure films with um, uh, satanic metal and Lovecraftian horror. And uh, all in a very sincere way. Like none of that is shoehorned in. It's not being ironic at all. The, it stars a young Stephen Dorff and mm. it's fucking great. And I'm really, really glad that we settled on it. And in addition to the gate, cause I don't, this, these are a little ways off. Don't want to say too much, but in April, on April the 26th, we are showing the, the John Woo classic, Hard Boiled. Hard Boiled. The most action, action film of all time. And we had, well, we had a conversation, which we didn't record, but will probably play itself out again when we do a now showing on that movie, about which of two or three very, very, very good John Woo films to show. And I think, I, I think we made the right decision. I think we did. 
Yeah, there is not a bad John Woo Hong Kong film you can show before he like transitioned to making all his movies in America. I mean, um, but he did like these, five or six bangers in a row. Like that's the thing. It's just yeah, Better Tomorrow, Better Tomorrow Two, The Killer, Bullet in the Head, and then Hard Boiled, right? And he had some a smattering of other stuff in there too. But like we talked about, like the super short version is. I love a better tomorrow. I fucking love better tomorrow too. I love really it. fucking love the killer. Yep. I think what you said was right. If you're going to show somebody one John Woo movie and try to explain to them why th- we still have not made a better action movie than hard boiled, like nope. come at me. Like there is, that is the greatest action movie ever made. And it's busted that people still haven't seen it. Well, no, it is. It's wild to watch. And it, and you go like, wait, don't, don't people do this a few of these things in Hollywood now and they go like, yeah, cause of this. this yeah. Is, <laughs> cause of this fucking guy. <laughs> this guy invented everything, you know? And, and then he, and then he made face off. So like this, you know, it was a high, high. Well, it's like, it's funny. Like, you know, people get like, people are real spun up on John Wick right now. And, and the, the, like the comment I always hear is they're like, Oh, it's great. Cause it's just all action. Right. It's just oh. an action movie full of action. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, that's, kind of what John Woo was doing, isn't it? Isn't it kind of what John Woo was doing? Well, I mean, it's absolutely what hard-boiled is, right? Because, like, uh, my initial argument, and again, we won't go into this, was The Killer, The Killer, I think, is the most John Woo, John Mm -hmm. Woo film. Mm -hmm. And I think A Better Tomorrow 2 might be the best, like, analytically. I mean, it's fucking great. But, like, yeah, you want to show somebody a John Woo film, you go, like, there's everybody's just got two guns. Like they, they can't even do a body count for this fucking movie. It's no, just incredible. Oh, and it's what? so beautiful. It's got everything. So I'm very excited. That's I'm very, very happy with both of those choices. Uh, all of those, by the way, are totally free. They're on f- every final Friday at Kunstler Brewery in uh, Southtown in beautiful San Antonio, Texas. So if you're in the area, come out for the screenings. But we understand not everybody can make that. Not everybody lives uh, in South Texas. And so in the meantime, uh, on this podcast, we don't just talk about screenings. Uh, that we're on the Wii. We're on Wii. <laughs> we, uh, we take uh, hypothetical movie title suggestions from the Planet X Faithful and fully flesh them out. And uh, this week, uh, a returning champion in some way. All right. Cameron Baker, the inventor C-Bake. of... Seabake, the inventor of Hard Eagles 2. Yeah, comes well, at us. Got, whew, that's that's, that's going to be tough to top. Yeah, I don't I don't know that this tops Hard Eagles 2, but maybe it can bottom for Hard Eagles 2. <laughs> this <laughs> Can can somebody have sex with it with their robot legs? <laughs> oh man. Okay, I I want to challenge us to do something really really fun with this title. I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm done with all this week. We can... I'm done with on we. I'm ready for movies. Let's do fake movies. <laughs> All right, dude. Cameron Baker this week comes to us with the reconstitutors. Shit. That's not bad. Pretty good. Right. I like it. But, but here's the thing is real. It's going to be real easy to lowball this one and just do the reanimator. Okay. That's that's what I keep saying. Um, I, I always keep show notes. Reconstitutors. Don't make don't make the reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> Reconstitutors is very good though. Reconstitutors. You 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 can go very reanimator, and I don't think there's anything wrong with having elements of reanimation Dude, in it. Well, you could, yeah, they have to reconstitute something. You know, is it is it is it a tea party thriller? <laughs> 
the reconstitutors. Well, you know, if this was a Colton Bowen suggestion, it would be the reconsta space tutors. Tutors, yeah. Or T-U-D-O-R-S, the reconstitutors. T-U-I-T-O-R-S, the reconstitutors. We're teaching, we're teaching you about reconstitution. Oh, God. That's going to be um, the next one Colton sends in. I can feel it. Okay. Um, God, Cameron just begs us to make Hold on action. a second, bud. Hold on. Yeah, I got you. You good there, buddy? Uh, can you hear me? I can. Okay, sorry. I knocked my headphones out. Um, so Cameron just begs us to make action films, doesn't he? Oh, you think this is an action film? I immediately went horror. I have only well, been thinking about horror. Tell me about the reconstitution as an action. What stands out? That's great. Well, no, it just sounds like The Expendables or, you know. Oh, or, okay. Or Hard Eagles. Too. It sounds like the name of an action team. Okay. Even if it's not an action film, though, you have to think that it's describing some kind of a team, right? Hmm. There are multiple reconstitutors. Yeah. So is it like Flatliners where our heroes are the reconstitutors, right? Oh, I, mean, I, I see. It, I think it kind of lends itself to that because the other option is like, I guess they're fighting a legion of people who can regrow limbs or something and they're the reconstitutors. But it oh. seems you need to name the movie after the villain. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> the recon, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to suss out the meaning of this title. I like they the unexplodables. Like they. <laughs> 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 They're the expendables, actually. <laughs> literally expendables, like, yeah. Really just not kill them? Um, the, the reconstitutors. Reconstitute. Well, okay. Let's go with this real, real literally, though. To reconstitute something. Mm-hmm. Hmm, how do we make this into a thing? Um... You thought horror, though. Did you think horror because of reanimators? Or? I just, yeah, I guess I got stuck in reanimator world, and I was just thinking, like, okay, to, re, to reconstitute, right, at, at least first blush, we're talking about a movie about reconstitution. Then, like, yeah, I immediately go to, like, Flatliners or Reanimator or something where we're dealing with, like, stuff is dying and stuff is coming back from the dead. We've well, dodged doing a zombie movie, but this, this title doesn't sound like a zombie movie to me. Like, it sounds more fun and, like, silly and... You know, to reconstitute something can also be to put something back together like an organization after it's been destroyed. Ooh. That's a a totally legit, very accepted definition of that term. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like say you're in a a war and your military gets wiped out. They go like, well, they reconstituted the military very quickly. Yeah. So that that could be something too. They could be like a renegade, a renegade ragtag Red Dawn type group. Ooh, you know? ooh, do like I like Red, Red Dawn. Dawn. We haven't we haven't we haven't done one of those. Like we we've done a couple of action flicks. So the, mm. the, as we do more and more of these episodes, like Hard Eagles Two is the most bare bones action flick you can do. We kind of have to keep throwing new stuff if we do an action film. Ooh, could we do an action horror film, though? Do you, do oh, maybe, but man, I love that you brought up Red Dawn. It didn't occur to me that this could actually be like, like a, like a squad-based film following... I mean, okay, oh, God, we can't do Red Dawn, though, so it can't be following Soviet invasion, but it could be like China nukes America, and it's up yeah. to the reconstitutors to, to build America again, or... I think I think what we need to address is that we're scaring ourselves away from pulling from these movies, and then at always twenty minutes into the pod, we're like, <laughs> "Fuck, it, 
like, listen, I don't think, I don't think it's bad to like be like, okay, well, what we kind of would like to do is like, let's pull from Red Dawn. Like that feels natural, right? Like, okay, well, let's, let's do what we do best. Let's jam all this shit together. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like all right. a conglomeration of China and Russia, a bunch of Soviet parties, nuke America. And then they invade. What they didn't count on, though, was that the nukes are creating monsters, radiation monsters, that like mutated people that are zombie-esque or something that live in the wastelands. Toxies. It, it makes a bunch of toxies. It makes a bunch of toxies. Perfect. Yeah, they're sludgy. They're falling apart. That's great. So that's in the background. And now we've also got like some Soviet soldiers that we can kill. And then we just put together a team of like, it can be like Red Dawn where it's like teens in the, or college kids or it can be ragtag group or we can go uh, Reign of Fire and it's 15 years after it happened and there's a whole bunch of different kinds of people, but they're going to reconstitute the world. They're going to put America back together. They're going to make America great again. <laughs> Good. It's about time. About time. Um, that's, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, so, like, even though we're just getting started, we already have, we've got, okay, so we're like, okay, well, we're going to have a group. We're going to have a disaster. Uh, it's not Trump guy. Gonna, I'm sorry. We never fucking talk about politics. I just, we're going to have Donald Trump's America. He was like, China and Russia are on our doorsteps. All of our kids are turning into weird transgendered monsters. Like, oh, no. No, no, no. We just, we oh, just, God. oh no, it's, uh, it's not like we just pitched idiocracy either. It was straight up like, nope, China blows us up, turns kids into a bunch of freaks. We got to restore, we got to restore the status quo. Oh boy. Um, okay. All right. Okay. But that's cool. Cause now we have, we can have some yes, like. Donald Trump is very cool. Trump's America is very cool. You're right. He's the coolest. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> agrees. And so handsome. I don't think anyone can ever fault him for not being handsome. Uh, um, okay. I'm to bring that podcast down. Okay. So we, this is good. Do you, do you want to do this film? Or is it like, can we make like a, like a post-apocalyptic survival rebuilding civilization scrappy mercenary team, but also there's some like toxic Avenger monsters running around? Can we make that movie or is that too many things or... I, 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 I think that it's, I think that there are a couple of really good elements in there. I think that we're actually missing something. I think we need to kind right? of strip the fat from that. Um, the reconstitute, you know what? Let's, let's raise the stakes. Okay. Let's raise the stakes. They're not reconstituting America or American society. Okay, great. It, it, to borrow the line from that that Chappelle show episode, like the world looks like Afghanistan, it's bombed out and depleted. You know that. Mm. Cut that joke. Cut that joke. That's not funny. That's <laughs> not funny at all. Um, what if what if the stakes was reconstituting the Earth? Mm. Like, like could we? Can we do Red Dawn? But instead of one civilization blowing up another civilization, we're doing the Aliens and Independence Day one. Oh. Hmm. So we're going to form a new worldwide society. In fact, we may even write a new world constitution. We may literally reconstitute. But it's Red Dawn, but versus hmm. Alien. Okay, I like it. 
I like it a lot, actually, because it gets us out of a lot of reductive political stuff. Yeah, stay right? away from like that. Russia yeah. bad, America good, China bad. I mean, like we get out of all that. Cold War's over, baby. Yeah. Aliens. Let's it's do aliens. It's a really positive story, like Independence Day, where it's like we're all going to get together. Like, I hope the Yankees have a plan. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, cool. That scene rules. Um, we still get to do Red Dawn, so that's fun. Yeah. Now we get to spend a little bit more time with these monsters. How can we make it different than Autobonsai? Well, that's a very good question. I think one way we could do it is that instead of China or Russia nuking the crap out of us and creating all these monsters, that aliens have nuked us. And the fallout from their weapons has mutated our life in a way that they thought that it might not have. What if, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a whole bunch of stuff here. You tell me if this is way off. Okay, let's do it. I, li- I like what you said, but what if we set this in like the mid 90s, okay, mid to late 90s, and okay. it's like, it's kind of a heavy handed, like, uh, like it's trying to get like teens and college kids into big budget sci-fi, which I feel like they like kind of played with, with like Wing Commander and stuff where they were like, and like that Lost in Space movie. Yeah, kind of a like, swing and a miss, but the good, a good shot, right? Lost yeah, well, they were like, I guess maybe. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Blair. No, I was just going to say Lost in Space was absolutely aimed at teens. You cannot convince me otherwise. And it's it was a good it was a good try. It was the shitty third act, but it was a good try. Yeah, but I feel like you throw like Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard into a sci-fi movie and you put them in like cool looking jumpsuits and then you just kind of hope teens will show up. Sure. But if you do that, you've got to give them like a message, right? Like, like something they can like, like, Hey, they care about stuff. So what if the aliens like all kind of looked like wrinkled old men and like, like Vogons and they like, they they fucking hate the environment. They like, they're all about like nuking trees. And, uh, this, this thing that this thing that they drop on the earth is like, uh, it's like the sludge monster from fucking Fern Gully. Like, it's like, it eats people and it turns them into like boring, slow moving. And they just like, I'm beneath me. I'm up above. Oh my God. You love my toxic love. love. Can we get Tim Curry in? We haven't gotten Tim Curry in a film yet. But what I mean is, like, can it be, like, a really heavy-handed, like, baby boomers suck and they hurt the environment, and so some teens are going to reconstitute the new world that's going to be, like, cool? And like- yeah, I think, it, I think it works. I think as long as you kind of shy away from Battlefield Earth sort of shit, right? Like, we're going to write a fine line here because we're not going to do Red Dawn. We're not going to do Battlefield Earth. We're not going to do like... <laughs> it's a, this is a Via Negativa film. These are the films we're not going to make. <laughs> like, normally on this show, we create a new movie from scratch. On this one, we're being be- very careful not to create many films. That what, what Planet X Cinema posits is, what if Moses Maimonides was a director in the late 90s? <laughs> oh, that's a joke for me. Thank you, sir. Hey, you said via negativa. There you go. Yeah, I know. It made me feel good. Hey, uh, we went to college. <laughs> uh, one of us even graduated. Hey. Um, <laughs> hey. Um, said it, not me. Um, uh, okay. Um, so we're going to fight aliens in this one. <laughs> that's very good reductive redirection. I like kids, that. Yes. Kids are going to, or teens, teens and 20-somethings are going to fight aliens. Teens and 20-somethings are going to fight aliens. Okay, no, hold on. Because, okay, here's, this is going to be fun. Okay. 
this is great. So like, I think the aliens are making them work in camps. The cities are shitty. People are like living in the sewers, like in Terminator. And they're or like- Or Battlefield having, Earth. Okay. Yeah, they're having to like run food around and stuff. And the aliens are shitty old people who don't get it. And they fucking, we can even have a scene at the beginning where like they find like a, a, a mini disc player and it's like playing fucking, I don't know. Better than Ezra. <laughs> well, I was going to, yeah, sure. Great. Whatever. I was going to say like TLC or something. And they're like, oh, what is this nightmare music? <laughs> like- um, it is. Uh, it's it's kind of like Battlefield Earth, I, I, but that raises a good point: is that do we do we play we play the aliens for laughs, or do we play this straight? Because it sounds like what you're pitching is we play it for laughs. I mean, I kind of like a bunch of kids fighting shitty old men. <laughs> I don't know why that's cracking me up right now. No, it, I like it very. Like if they had like wrinkled gray makeup, and they were always like shuffling around really slowly and like they hated rock and roll and like <laughs> not, not not plot wise but tone wise i was like why not just do hell comes to frog town and the the aliens are like the frogs and then the, the teens are like the you know are like um max hell or whatever oh we'll make the aliens yeah, the toxic avenger looking people yeah there you go there you go yeah and, yeah 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 and, and the teens the teens should have an ally that's either um an alien or uh or a toxic sludge monster or should we get rid of toxic sludge monsters is that bad well, said too much shit we got too much in the stew i think there probably i don't know Here, here's what i think we should do okay so we start off at the beginning and all of our protagonists are like middle school aged right they're like teens and tweens the ships show up there's nothing earth can do they watch earth fall then we flat, we flash forward seven years or eight years or six years later or whatever. Right. All, most of the humans have been rounded up in camps because these horrible toxic Avenger baby boomers are forcing everyone to like get all the gold out of the ground and get all the, the oil and burn all the trees and do all the shit. And the humans are kind of like just trying to get by. So we've got to do a couple of things, but I think I want to drop this in. I would, I like your idea of them having an alien ally, but I don't think it can be one of the sludgy baby boomers. I think it needs to be that these guys subjugate every species from the planets they go to. So there's like a cool, relatable, vaguely human looking alien. That's like a slave essentially for one of like the high ranking aliens. Yeah. You need and a they, Chewbacca. They convince, you yeah, they can, Chewbacca. Yeah, and they convince them to rebel finally and join their side so they can overthrow the alien overlords. Oh, this is even better. This is like this is like the teens are. That's great. What we can do is we can they, is set up. Uh, the teens are joining an intergalactic resistance that's already happening. Right. So we're, we're oh leaning, cool. Like let's lean again on things like things like Independence Day. Sort of pitched this that like these aliens go around and they do this horrible thing uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. And um and and we're like no it stops here it stops on Earth like this is this is the red line across which you won't cross and this is definitely not Battlefield Earth it's definitely not Battlefield Earth you know what it is though and it just occurred to me what this is what is it this is a fucking YA novel adaptation that's fine oh that's great. That's it's great. like it's exactly like fucking Hunger Games or Maze Runner or all of those like weirdly bleak YA novels that got real big like eight eight or nine years ago. Sure, yeah, shit, like, yeah. I mean, it is right. It's like adults are shitty. It's up to the kids to save the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, that's Harry Potter. You just that's Harry Potter. That's why people like adults it. are shitty and teens have to save the world again. 
again. Can't trust an old fart to do it. Okay, but but hold on, because now we got a whole other thing we got to fucking deal with. If we're going to make yet another of these like YA adaptation movies, this is Planet X Cinema. We don't make movies and we don't show movies we don't love. How do we make that movie that we fucking love? And and I get, I think I think the answer might be in whatever these teens are going to use to take out the aliens. Well, yeah, no, it's it's not unprecedented at all. We were just talking about the gate. The gate is a movie about gate rules. Kids must kids must destroy evil. Adults aren't going to do it. You know, Monster Squad. Adults aren't going to take care of this shit. Kids are going to do it. Um, you know what though? I like this idea of like an alien rebel alliance that these kids hook up with. Yeah, it's kind of last Starfighter-ish, right? It's kind of cool. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I would watch the fuck out of this movie if, like, maybe our protagonist dude, they have him working at a construction site, and he uses, like, like some kind of, like, hover car to, like, move cargo around. Okay. And so later in the movie, we're going to give him, like, a Starfighter, basically. I like that. Like, he's going to steal some alien tech, and he's going to fly around and be cool. And then, like, yeah, one of the people, like, is hard as nails. And so, like, later in the movie, we're going to give her, like, some guns and shit. She's going to have a commando squad. Like, let's lean. I think at the beginning, let's do hard post-apocalypse, basically fully lift Battlefield Earth. And then at the end of the movie, let's go full Star Wars. Like? Like, Star Wars with teens, except instead of the Empire, they're fighting Toxic Avenger baby boomers. All right, here's something I I could get into that. I could get into that. Let's keep. Can we, is that still called the Reconstitutors, though? <laughs> We've gotten so far away from this fucking title. Well, that's kind of my fault for being like, you know, the obvious definition of this word. Here's another one that the Reconstitutors. Um, okay, I don't know. What were you going to say? You were about to say something before I fucking sidetracked us. No, I, I think you actually brought us around to something good. How about. Uh, we we do exactly what you say. There's there's a but let's let's tweak it a little bit. Um, after the alien attack, we live in horrible conditions, whatever. Um, and um, humans either work in the slave labor camps, like we said, a la Battlefield Earth, or there are renegades who have formed human communities. So we kind of m- messed with that idea in Otto Banzai. Mm-hmm. Um, what if this group of kids we see at the beginning has made their own community and they're okay. spinning out of it, but now the aliens are done. They have milked the earth dry mm. and they are wiping out the last vestiges of life and the last remaining resources that they can before they leave. And so now our group from the beginning, which has grown up kind of like rain of fire mm-hmm. and has their own little community to form. It's like, no, now you must fight. You must mm. fight now. Now, like, why must we fight? And then you have the alien uh, prisoner friend who escapes and convinces them to do that, and sort of trains them and stuff. Uh, he's your Matthew McConaughey from Reign of Fire. You know what we can do, though? Oh, that's good. Okay, 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 okay. Two things. One, what if the aliens call the process that they do reconstituting or constituting or something? Is that can we do that? It's a stretch. I get what okay, you're going forget for. that then. Forget that. Fuck that. We're going to get to this title. It's going to be okay. Let's do this though. Let's steal the plot to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves and strip out the racist Morgan Freeman character and replace him with a sympathetic alien character. So the story is, yes, 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 yes. The kids, quote unquote, have been surviving off on their own. They're the merry men. They've been like robbing from the aliens and like taking a little bit here and there, but they don't really have a direction. Our hero is like 
yeah, he's a construction worker and he's fucking, he's tired of this shit and he hates the aliens. So he, he throws like a Spartacus rebellion and it fails and he's locked in jail with who? Another alien. And the alien's like, yeah, they did the same thing to my planet. Fuck these assholes. Let's get the shit out of here. They're like, hell yeah. They jailbreak. They make it back to the community and all these like young people are like, I don't know, we just steal food. And they're like, dude, when we were breaking out, they're getting ready to leave. This planet is fucked. But if we act, if we act right now, we can stop them. We can land all their ships here. We can get some of our shit back. We can rebuild civilization. Who will lead us? I will. The cool, the cool dude or lady who knew the plan, came to the people, and now I'm Robin Hood. This is amazing too because we don't do the team building second act. What 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 we do is it's already in place. How 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 can we even help you? How are you surviving now? How do you have power? Well. So and so knows enough about the computers to hack into the alien grid. Well, how are you pulling off robberies? Well, so and so is a, stati- a, a, a tactician. They've got what? Like you already have a team. They just have no direction. Right. So yeah, the guy's like, I I learned the knowledge that they're going to leave the planet, which means we're fucked. Once they leave, they're going to nuke it from orbit. That's the end of the world. Okay. Bye. We're all dead or we're slaves. The slave guy I'm with has served them for like, he's 800 years old. It's fucking exactly Chewbacca. He knows their language. He knows the in and outs of all their computers, but he fucked up and that's why he's in jail. We have all the information. What we need is, God, if only we had a team of like 50 people who could hide in plain sight and steal from them and get us in and out of their bases. Oh, wait, that's exactly what these fucking teens can do. That's awesome. That's really good. And it sets up yeah, I mean, you said you were going to go full Star Wars at the end. We're really going full Return of the Jedi, right? We're going to have yes. we're going to have uh, some sort of aerial combat. We're going to have some sort of like on the ground combat. There's going to be like an infiltration team, and and the aliens call it deconstituting. Oh, there you go. Now like, we're talking. We've nearly completed deconstitution of planet Earth. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> It only took us a, it only took us about half an hour people but we found the title. Well there and there you go when he gives the big speech like the we will not go quietly into the night speech he's like somebody's right. like they've they've already completed deconstitution then we're going to reconstitute it. We will be the yeah. reconstitutors. Everyone yeah. dry cock your shotguns. It's time. Take it away better than Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody turn on third eye blind and let's get some shit done. I like that, man. That's fucking fun. Yeah, All right. Use that, uh, what's that fucking, uh, the woohoo? Oh, Blur, song two. There song you go. two, yeah, Blur. <laughs> oh, that's not bad, actually. That's pretty good. Did you know they used that song in the trailer for Starship Troopers? Does that break yeah. your heart or what? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have complicated feelings about that song, but not about Starship oh, Troopers. okay, yeah, I was like, I have very clear feelings about Starship Troopers. <laughs> no, no, no. We've all agreed Starship Troopers is amazing. Um, okay, it's so... The, it's the only movie I ever got kicked out of a class in film school over. Do you want to tell this story? It's been, Have I not told it on the pod? It's time for Hollywood Drew's Corner. Dun, 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 dun. Not really a Hollywood story, but when I was in film school, uh, I, towards the end of my film school career, I was getting kind of cynical about, well, a whole lot of things that this podcast is about. Basically, people like loving quote-unquote great movies that were boring and horrible to watch and shitting on movies that I fucking loved that they thought was cinematic trash. And I had a professor who brought up Starship Troopers and he was like, yeah, like a shitty big budget film like Starship Troopers. And I raised my hand and I was like, uh, excuse me, that movie's fucking genius. Paul Verhoeven is... Uh, he's an incredible person and uh, he writes really amazing movies. That movie's incredible. And my teacher was like, his exact quote was, 
that's what a movie looks like when the, when it's driven by an, a bloated special effects budget. And I was like, I'm sorry, he made the entire casting crew watch Lenny Rufenstahl's Triumph of the Will before he made that movie. Like, you realize that that movie is both simultaneously an action movie and about how we're all very comfortable slouching towards fascism. Like, you watch that movie and you think, oh, it's a dumb action movie. Fucking Doogie Howser SS is in that movie. We've had this conversation. Like Neil Patrick Harris is wearing a Nazi uniform, and you're like, ha-ha, special effects. Like, no, dog, it's a, it's a fake propaganda film. That film yeah. is fucking genius. People clap at the end of that film and think that, yes. they, that the good guys won, and you go like, oh, my God. Dude, we're talking fucking Paul Verhoeven, the guy who made the RoboCop logo. The logo to Starship Troopers is, like, white, aerial, ultra-bold on a black field with a snare drum playing. It's this so, dude could have done the most sophisticated, sexy, big Hollywood logo. Why would he do white text on a black field with... Like, it's a film about fascism. <laughs> anyway, I, I, we, we totally agree about this. In fact, we could do an hour and a half about why... Fuck. Is amazing. Anyway, I, so my professor asked me to leave the class because I was literally standing up and screaming. And he was like, you have to go. And I was like, all right, bye, fuck you. Yeah, it, it fits Hollywood Drew's Corner because you did go to film school in, in Southern California. So, like, you were dealing with the shit. Whatever. Anyway. Anyway, so to come back to the film... I think what we've got now is we have all the elements of the great, like we kind of have sort of piecemealed this plot together. What we need to do now is we need to establish, um, I made a short list of characters and then we just need to do act one, act two, act three. And I think we'll have a movie. Um, Like for me, so tell me if I'm missing anything. We kind of need to, define a little bit who the aliens are, but not too much. We don't need to do a ton of world building. I think we kind of can hand wave most of it. They're just evil. Like they're just yeah. bad evil invaders. So that's not bad. We to need quote to ID four, they're locusts. Yeah, there you go. Um they just don't get it. Um <laughs> parents just don't understand, Drew. That's right. um, it's <laughs> Will Smith may be in this movie, but it's not independent state. Um okay, so um Actually, that's really great. If we can get parents just don't understand on the soundtrack, that would really make me happy. Um, okay, so we need to talk about who the resistance leader is. Yep. We need to talk a little bit about the alien sidekick, but we've covered most of that. And then we need to talk about these teens. Yep. And then I think if we, can, if we can do it in three acts, that would be perfect for me. We've got prologue already with our, mm. you know, bombing, our bombing out of the planet. Um, you know, and your under credits action is you just, I think you just sort of see daily life in the, in their little community um, before you're exposed to the harsh realities of what mo- most of the planet is going through, right? Okay, so when you, when we talk about these, when we talk about the characters, when you say you want to put the characters in place, do you want to cast them? Or do you just want to kind of like get some get some roles figured out and then maybe maybe come back to casting later? No, I want to do roles first. I don't because I don't. I'm having like in, unless unless we're just going to keep them paper thin, in which case we can just sort of start. We can start casting. I'm trying to. I'm really trying to get my head around who the leader is. He kind of sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger's character from The Running Man. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, like, yeah, he's like a, he ends up being like a reluctant resistance fighter. Yeah. He's a resistance fighter and everyone's like, you know, you should be, you know. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah, he's like a natural leader, right? People just start looking to him. He doesn't really want the mantle, but then it gets thrust upon him. 
I I actually think like we can do like a save the cat moment really early on where like I think making them blue collar, like making them like a construction worker or like to my earlier thing, like they pilot fucking space cars or something. Sure. It, it gives them an opportunity to be like, oh, I just had a really good idea. Well, do tell. Well, was, what I was going to say, okay, it gives them an opportunity to like have that moment where uh, like one of the weaker physically one of the physically weaker human slaves is like they fuck up and then like one of the alien overlords is whipping the shit out of him and they like catch the hand of the whip and like beat the shit out of the alien like hey he was just doing his job right but that makes me think i like this idea that the aliens have done this many times over and so they've collected some different slave species oh my god i was just gonna say it can we make can we make the weak the weak um the weak worker can we make it like a very pathetic looking alien perfect we're not just we're not just showing humanity, but we're also saving the cat, right? Well, we're going to reconstitute not just the Earth. It's going to be a galactic brotherhood. So, yes, the person getting whipped is a shitty alien. Hey, the person doing the whipping is like a giant insectoid, like the fucking guards from uh, Dark Crystal. Oh, like, it's just some servitor species they picked up along the way. The head guys, the head guys are the gross toxic Avenger baby boomers. But, like, yeah, they have ultimate insectoid warriors. And then they have, like, yeah, shitty, weak amphibian people that are like the the slave labor, right? Well, you know, and you know what's great about this but is that fucked with humanity. <laughs> well, what's great about this is that in our third act, when we come back and we take the fight to them, then mm. all of a sudden it's jailbreak time, and you see crazy alien. Yeah, people. and then we just having fun with aliens, like oh, okay, so that's great. That's yeah. great. Um, what are we doing? Oh, in the and movie? actually, that may That's, hold on to thought. Hold on to thought. That may be where this crosses. Sorry, that moment may be where this crosses over into Planet X territory. If you got like Stan Winston or somebody really legit to do the alien design, and then yeah. maybe they like kind of overspent on the on like the makeup and CGI budget, this could suddenly be a film where like it's kind of like Robin Hood set in the post-apocalyptic alien future, but then like just wild alien designs. <laughs> like it's really cool. You got to see it, you know? Okay. This is really good. I think where we've gotten ourselves is a familiar place. Let's start digging ourselves out. Okay. Vegetables of act two. What yeah. happens in the middle of this fucking movie? Like I, I know what happens at the beginning. I know what happens at the end. Okay. So what needs to happen in the second act of this movie is, is two things. One, we need to legitimize the crisis. So at the end of the movie, the if they do nothing, the aliens are going to leave earth and it's going to be fucked forever. And we're all dead. So we need to show them getting ready to do that. Like, loading up the ships and getting things ready and fueling up the ships and getting everybody setting, they're gonna setting the like, timers on the bombs and shit like exactly that, right? exactly like, like a countdown time. clock needs to be going on so that our heroes feel some pressure and so the audience feels pressure too the other thing we need to do is and i almost brought this up at the very beginning but now is the right time to talk about it there has to be a mechanism to stop the aliens and the second act has to be about them building their power base like getting the troops organized great building morale like showing an early first victory so the team knows like hey we can follow this we can do this we're the merry men and then that moment of like maid marion's gonna get married if we don't stop it it's the end of the world how do we do that so like yeah okay they're getting ready to leave the earth we have two days and what we need is the thing on the other side of the fence so we've got to go get that so like 
I think we've got so, to show them building a power base and then finding out what the solution to the problem is while simultaneously keeping the pressure on. So the trope here, obviously, from Return of the Jedi to Independence Day to everything in between is that we want to blow them up, but we can't because they have a thing protecting them. We have it's to the shield generator. Perfect. The shield generator. Like, that's, that's your trope. Do we just lean into that and go like, well, we can't attack them because of fill in the blank, and then we, ha- we deactivate fill in the blank? And that's fine with me. I'm just saying, like, it's very rote. Okay, what if it's... Like, could, could we actually make it to where it's like, n- no, 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 like, the... It's not, it, this isn't a group of aliens from a yeah, species yeah. that travels from planet to planet. This is their entire race. Mm-hmm. And they take this war around with them. So if we kill them, we stop this entire cycle. Could we make it something to where it's like they're unkillable unless, look, fill in the blank. Okay. So, okay, to play into the title, number one, what if the aliens can physically reconstitute? There's no way to kill them. You can't shoot them. You can't cut them up. That's it. They're unexplodable. They're unexplodable. While they're deconstituting, they don't deconstitute. Well, and that's even like a fun scene we can throw in where like a crazy human at the beginning is like, for the revolution! Like like C4's one of them. And then he just T-1000's back together like, stupid human, kill him, insectoid man. Yeah. Okay. Every time time they blow him up, it's like blowing up the wolf man in Monsters. (laughs) It just slowly slowly comes back together. Come back together. (laughs) So that's great. That's great. So we can't kill him. I like that. But here's the thing. Check this out. What if, what if the, like, the way that they get around faster than light travel, okay, is that they have to basically build like an intergalactic trampoline. Like it's like a warp gate, okay? So when they get to a planet, they suck it dry. And the whole time they're sucking it dry, they have to basically build a thing in orbit that they're going to fly their ship into and it's going to like cannonball them to the next system. Sure. Okay. okay. Oh, and, and this, so they're, they, they stop, they use the slave labor to make enough energy to... to it's a pit stop for them. And, and maybe someday they'll, it'll be the, the jump home. Well, sure. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I think they, they, like, have to build this thing, and it takes a bunch of resources, and it's out in space. It's up in orbit, right? And they just point it where they want to go next. They fire it off, and then they're gone, and fuck that planet, right? They left it. Oh, shit. The alien, no. Hold on. The alien has knowledge of this and tells our hero, and so the whole movie, the whole last act is they're getting ready to leave. We can't blow them up. What we need to do is get up to this orbital thing. Eh? And let, let, let them launch into it and either sabotage it as they're going into it so that they literally get like shredded molecularly. Sure. Or we're going to point the thing at the fucking sun. Bye, assholes. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, so let's then it becomes like, it, like, I like this idea that every man for your asses, we're just going to yeah. throw it right into the sun, right? But, like, what, it, what it does is like, what if everything in the movie is building towards like, they can't beat the aliens and the aliens are superior and the aliens win. And at the last second, they're like, gotcha, bitch. gotcha. <laughs> sorry. Like, I know what you're fucking doing and I'm putting you in the sun. Like, bye. Oh, <laughs> very good. Okay. I like that a lot. You, you can, you know what we can actually do? Uh, no, I was going to say like the second, the, the middle third, you could do, you could do a lot of exposition, but that's bad. I think the second, the second act, we should do a little bit of exposition because our, our escaped guy and his alien friend 
Like, mm. they're going to have to do some exposition. I think we combine that with kind of like a training montage thing. Cool. Okay. Um, and then, and then obviously, like, there are going to be little threads in this movie. We're talking big picture, but, like, I'm sure there's, like, a romance. Like, these teens have little little lines, you know? Like, there's a kid that's got no self-confidence and gets himself. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's well, enough yeah. to, to play with there to flesh out a second sure. act of a film. You know what I mean? I, mean? I think it's really easy. I think, you know, like, the hero guy who escapes. So, first off, whatever he's doing he's mining materials for whatever the space trampoline is and he can see it in orbit. Okay. So we set up right away. Like he knows it's fucked up. He knows what they're doing. Sure. Two, he, it's Freddie Prince jr. And he gets to the camp and Jennifer love Hewitt is in charge of the rebels. And so she's, I'm not casting this. I'm just using them as like archetypes. Right. Good. Like pretty Alyssa Milano kind of game. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, so yeah, but what I mean is like the hero dude escapes and the hero lady is like, you don't know what it's like to actually take care of people. You don't know what it's been like to survive. So then we get the like begrudging, like we're going to work together because it's better for both of us. And at the end they fucking smooch. Like yeah, she's, no, she's, she's a leader of people. He's like an action guy. Like, Right, she builds communities and holds people together. He's out there fucking using machine guns to blow people up. Great, oh, that's um, great. No, that's easy. perfect. Um, so yeah, I think the second act then is like um, he goes on a raid with them and shows his worth, and then they have a big party because he got all the food and booze from the aliens, and then uh, they he's convinced that this he has to somehow communicate that this jump gate thing, the space trampoline is the, the crux of their whole plan. Uh, she doesn't believe him. So they like break in to steal Intel or whatever. And that's when they find out like, Oh, they're leaving like right now. Fuck. Okay. Sorry. Like I knew that's how they were leaving, but I didn't know they were leaving right now. Right. That's, that's what I was going to say is there had, there has to be like the alarm clock goes off kind of moment. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. They realize they've got 48 hours to stop this thing. Yeah. So the plan then becomes them rallying the troops to like invade the city, the alien city. And one part of that is free the human slaves. And another part of that is disable the insectoid, a monster men like they're they're sort of what are they called in fucking dune the oh the uh sadu car sadu car thank you i wanted to say uh well it doesn't matter um and then the last phase of that is they've got to get the hero character on a spaceship so he can fly up to the orbital thing and change it at the last second so that the aliens can go like ha 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 we won and then he's like hey fuck you old man they're in the sun we're done that's pretty good. That's pretty nice. I like that. I like that. And then the rest of it's just production design. Like, what do these fucking spaceships look like? What are the, do they have laser guns or regular guns? Like, It'd be really fun if there was sort of like a... Like, the fact that these aliens travel around and grab stuff from, from every which place. Yeah. Because it would, it would, instead of a nice, sleek, like, evil... Uh, Star Wars Evil Empire kind of thing. It it, it they just <laughs> you know, it, they look like it's junkions, you know, like yeah, dude, they're just junk collectors, just just hoarders, you know, they're just <laughs> horrible space hoarders. Um, that's a, so that's why a did nice they well, film though? But why did they deconstitute planets then? Is it well, just like okay? So I was going to bring this up, and then I was worried that this was a little too. Independence Day in light of the regrettable people. Tell me what you think. Maybe maybe that this is a group that was separated from their species with this wormhole technology. 
And, oh, so they are trying to get back home. Yeah, so a la Quantum Leap, but in an evil way, they are trying to get home. And Ooh. so they they just leap and leap and leap and leap and leap. And then at the end of this movie, they think they've got it figured out. Like, this is the last one, right? This is the big leap home. And they're going to go home. They're going to go home. And what this also does is that when they defeat them, it ultimately set, uh, um, uh, sets up the thing where if you wanted to have a sequel, you could do it, where parts of them make it home and parts of them don't. Like instead of throwing them through the gate, almost all of it disintegrates, but part of it got through. Everyone's throwing a big party and then the alien helper guy takes the leader guy aside and he goes, you you know this isn't over yet. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, some of that got through. Yeah. And that means that like whenever it does get through, the planet full of big bats is like, all right, fuck this noise. Like, let's go stomp out this planet. You know, and that's it is very much the sequel to Independence Day, but it's kind of workable, right? You can kind of work that. But that's really cool. I like that idea a lot because at the beginning of the movie, okay, yeah, like maybe they they have as a group gone from planet to planet collecting these people, but the ones that crashed on Earth, it's a one ship. It's not the whole armada. Yeah, one ship. And with one ship, they took over, and then they were like, well, we know how to build this trampoline technology. Let's go ahead and build it, and then we'll just get back. We'll regroup with the fleet in 15 years. Whatever. <laughs> so that's why they're, like, sucking up all the resources and shit. They have a great galactic war to get back to or whatever, right? Yeah. But the heroes don't know that. They're like, these guys, they fucking do this all the time. Look at this shit, blah, 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 blah. And that, the sympathetic alien character is like, man, this is kind of bigger than what you know. Like, don't fuck with these guys but he decides he has to fuck with them for the sake of humanity. Then at the end of the movie, when he gets onto the orbital station and the ship's moving through and the evil alien guy is like, don't you understand? Like, we're just trying to get home. We're not the bad guys here. Like we got separated from our friends, from our family. We're going back home. He's like, well, you shouldn't have fucked with earth on the way. He kills him anyway. But then, yeah, he's kind of left with this thought of like, okay, that was one ship. How many did these ship? How many of these guys fucking have? Yeah. And then he gets back to earth and the sympathetic alien can be like, yeah, dog, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. They can blot out the sun with the number of ships they have. Yeah. Like, you have a limited amount of time to reconstitute the Earth and form some kind of serious army because they will come for you now. And that sets up reconstitutors, too, which is going to be great. Yeah. Hopefully better than Independence Day, too. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I do. I, it was an early thing. I like couching it as like a, like a YA late teens, early twenties cast and kind of, they marketed it that way. It feels, the plot feels kind of one note to me. <laughs> and I think well, it's going to be that way. Right. It's like, I think if you end it that way, then you set up the inevitable YA sequel, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, course. Yeah, of course. You set, you set up the series. So you know that that that's, and it's a very nice setup for like two or three install well three or four installments because you start with mm-hmm. tiny little resistance group you watch them get older the leader guy from the first film eventually dies somebody has to take his place yep um and it goes from tiny local fight to intergalactic throwdown yeah it's like the stargate tv show right like it starts with like a super small group of people but then at oh, the yeah. end like they're kind of playing around in like local solar system politics or whatever and then like yeah by book four like they have fleets of ships and they're playing star trek yeah good pull good pull too that's a really good analog i think um, i think that works right like, yeah like that kind of uh, makes sense together i think it works i really like it um i think the title even works now on like several levels right like at least two or three, right? 
Because well, okay. <laughs> I want to be honest. Like the title still doesn't work on any level. Like I, the reconstitutor should not, that just should never have been a movie title. <laughs> we bring me your head this one. I feel like we kind of bring me your head at this title. Right. Oh no. I just mean that like, there's no way that the reconstitutors makes it through like the workshop process. Like it ends up being called something else, but well, church. but it's a planet X film. So it didn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> Well, it could each film, each film or young adult novel could have a subtitle. So it could be the Reconstitutors, and then it's like Battle for Earth, Reconstitutors Two, um, you know, Journey into Space. You know, I'm just picking Journey, but like I think no, I think Reconstitutors flies. I think maybe you lose the article to make it a little sexier, but you know, I think the Reconstitutors still works. Okay. Um, you know, also, I, I, it's a very Planet X title. So I think it works as a, like, if there was a Planet X YA series, maybe that's what it would be called. <laughs> you know, like, I, I can't think of one. So that's, that's got to be it. Um, Absolutely. You want to cast a little bit? You want to do some casting? Yeah, I am. I am stuck on this one. I don't know what to do. Like, do we... Do we literally do Freddie Prince Jr.? Do we do like Zachary Ty Bryant? Like it's the post home improvement, like Zachary Ty Bryant vehicle that never took off. Or well, it depends do we on when bring you get into like the 2000s and try to do something that's more like 2010. Like, oh gosh, it's um, tricky, right? It is tricky because where you place it also goes like, uh, like if you place it after independence day then you mm. go like well there was there was a window between independence day and like the lord of the rings where shit like this got made you know yep. um yep. but if you go like 2000s then all of a sudden you're like ooh boy howdy um like that's that's maybe like a later day b movie sort of thing um let me think. Uh, it depends on when you want to put it. That's that's it. Pla- placing it is going to be, you know, just fucking everything. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, okay, so, like, I think Andrew Keegan is, is a good cast. I think uh, it works if you do it late 90s. It also works if you do it. So, Andrew Keegan's basically my age, so... Well, what I'm thinking is like he he works well in a lot of. I mean, I I could see him doing the hero role, D- depending on when you place it. Because I thought the hero was going to be. Is the hero going to be older, or do you want the hero to be the same age? This is the question. Because I was seeing the hero as being like a little bit older, hmm. and then, uh, you know, so he has a little bit of gravita. But maybe you're right. Maybe he should be the same age, and then it's he's sort of a more relatable character, or at least well, like I'm thinking. Whenever we set it, it has to be, it has to be one of those films that like casts someone who's 20 and then tries to play them like they're 16. Oh, I see what you're saying. And so I was thinking, like, if this movie is orbiting around the year 2000, give or oh. take three or four years, Andrew Keegan is like very good then. he never it's really good. super duper took off, and he probably would have like taken he probably would have taken a risk on like it's a high concept sci-fi movie but you're the star right like i think that's a that's decent and like they could play it off like it's the guy you hate love to hate from 10 things i hate about you it's well he was on uh, it's the kid you were kind of uh, cool with in camp nowhere if you saw camp nowhere <laughs> uh i totally saw camp nowhere and uh <laughs> you and i saw camp nowhere way too many times 
Christopher Lloyd was awesome. So fuck everybody. Um, that's pretty good. I, I mean, I think then if you, if you said it, then though, what you basically do is you populate the teens with just people from TV shows and stuff. I mean, obviously Andrew Keegan, he's also from TV shows, right? He was on like, what was it? One tree Hill. What was he on? Um, I think he was on one tree Hill. Um, he was in seventh heaven for sure. He was on Party of Five and Seventh Heaven. That's what I was trying to think. Of. Party of Five. Uh, ooh, you know, Ryder Strong isn't bad. The kid from oh. the older brother from Boy Meets World. Yeah, he's and not bad. Cabin either. Fever in uh, 2002. So like he he kind of tried to do like a transition to more adult stuff, but he still has like a teen face. That's very good. I don't. I don't. Nec- I don't know. I guess it could. I could buy him as the lead. I could also buy him as the alien. Cause he's very thin. He's very gaunt. We could put that guy in some alien prosthetics and he could be the sympathetic, whatever Morgan Freeman's character from Prince of Thieves is called. Yeah. And no, I will not dignify that by looking it up. Cause it is, <laughs> it is so fucking problematic. Um, so I'm just spitting in the wind. He but- was the older brother on Boy Meets World, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Somebody, we've got to get um, some some guys to. We have to have somebody at least to play like the head of the aliens. Yes. Okay. Well, let's pick okay. a year. Are well, we orbiting the year two thousand? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Give or take. Okay. So That's, we might go to like two thousand five, two thousand six. We might go back to like ninety five, ninety four. Let me let me just throw a name out. Okay. What you got? Uh, Tom Berenger. What do you think of Tom Berenger? Ooh. Tom Berenger. Um, and I'm thinking less uh, Major League Tom Berenger and more of that vibe he had in like Platoon. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like his and his um, his recent. Oh, man. Yeah. He yeah. was in Inception. Remember he was mm-hmm. in Inception? Yep. So it's like he's always been able to pull something. It would it would just give something a little bit nicer. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of who to put in that role and I was like, no, he can fucking do that. That's great. He's a little heavier set too. So like the yeah. prosthetics just going to like, it's going to look amazing on him. You know, and he's, you know, around that time, he, let me look at his thing here, but yeah, the subs. But, and I mean this, like, I don't mean to like insult the guy. Right. But like, we're talking about casting him. So I have to be honest, like he's a little jowly. And I think when you put like dripping toxic adventure slime makeup on him, his neck is just going to disappear and he's just going to look like a pyramid of a head. Like it's going to be incredible. I'm going to, I'm going to part the curtain here a little bit. Uh, when I was, (laughs) when I was thinking about casting for this, I literally did a Google search for grizzled actors. (laughs) (laughs) No, Tom Barrage was great. Number nine, man. So, so way to be down there. But I was like, who do you put in there? Do you do like Brian Dennehy? Who do you put in there? Like, I like Tom Berenger, dude. I think that's I like Tom Berenger a lot, but I was just trying to think like big, jolly, grizzled guys. And I was like, well, you got Tom Berenger. You got your Brian Dennehy. You got like, you know, who are you going to put in there? I like Tom Berenger. I think he's good. Um, yeah, dude. I think that's really good casting, actually. I like Tom Berenger as the head evil alien, and I believe that that happened. That's Tom Berenger made a movie where he's an evil alien hunting down teens. I like that. Okay, what? So I think, do you want to do Andrew Keegan as the lead and Ryder Strong as the alien, or do you not? Do you want to go further with that? Because those are literally like, I, I was just sitting here thinking like, okay, heartthrob 90s teen actors. Okay, Andrew Keegan's in there. Freddie Prince Jr.'s in there. 
uh, I tried to get Zachary Ty Bryan in there. That didn't work. <laughs> like, I mean, I think it's pretty good. I think it's the kind of thing where because when it's when it's set, depending on what you wanted to do, like people mm-hmm. like Sean William Scott, you could put in that movie and go like, you know, how much do you want to? How much do you want to appeal to teens, and what kind of teens do you want to try to get into the movies? I like sure, your yeah. casting. Like, do you do a Matthew Lillard, right? Yeah, I like your casting because they're a little more heartthrobby and. Yeah. They're kind of like pretty guys that could also probably do an action role, and I like that. But you are—you—if you cast Ryder Strong, he's not going to be pretty. We're going to alien him up at least a little bit, so you know, just bear that in mind. Uh, but yeah, but I think that actually kind of works, right? Because I mean, we could just put Dax Shepard in this one too. <laughs> We did put him in New Hegemon, but it could work here as well. I don't. I don't feel bad about. Oh, right. And we've been saying right. Ryder Strong didn't play the older brother. He played the best friend. Oh, the best friend. That's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. Um. He. He. Is, yeah. Yeah. Who played the older brother though? Fuck. I haven't seen that show in a long goddamn time. Um. I don't know. Ryder Strong is is about three four years younger than Andrew Keegan if it makes a difference. You might even want to flip-flop. Uh, Will Friedel played Eric Matthews. Corey. What do you think about flip-flopping those? What would you think about Andrew Keegan as the alien and Ryder Strong as our, our YA lead? I'm okay with it. I, I think Keegan is a little bit bigger physically. And well, that's why I thought maybe put him as the alien. He doesn't have to, we don't, we don't have to commit to him wearing like heavy prosthetics or anything. You know? That's true. Okay, yeah, let's flip it. I'm cool with it. Um, he just, I mean, I would love, I think like, I actually think Ryder Strong did a really good job in Cabin Fever. Like, I think he, he's done a bunch of voice acting work since then. Like he's one of those guys who his career could have transitioned to movies and it just never did. Oh yeah. So like if this was the lost Ryder Strong vehicle and yeah, by the way, the guy you, the the villain from 10 things I hate about you is the alien in this movie. Like, fuck yeah. I think this, we've been dancing around this. We have to cast the female lead who's like the female little John who's like watching out for the merry men. Yeah. And I, and I default I, to you for like nineties TV actresses. Is there someone we can throw in there? Uh, or gosh. yeah. Is this your get? Like, did they, did they go all out and try to get like, it depends on how old you want her to be. Cause you know, like, you know, um, all the actors from like Dawson's Creek, like Michelle Williams, who's gone on to be a very successful actress, like sure, sure, easily what 21, 22 at that time, like that's very doable. Um, you know, uh, gosh, it's a good, it's hard. Um, mm, mm. I, mean, I mean, Jessica Beale was still doing Seventh Heaven at the time, that's not bad either. Boy, that this, could be this one of those movies where the budget's gotten bigger now that we've started casting, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> well, but hold on. It's Jessica Biel in 1999. I mean, you could like... <laughs> yeah, it's fair enough, right? We can... Yeah. <laughs> that. Uh, what's going to be wild is if Tom Berenger is your get on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they needed somebody to anchor like the... Well, it's that movie that Tom Berenger was like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> I got to stop drinking when I sign contracts or whatever. <laughs> That's not bad. Um, uh, what about um, who was? Uh, oh, what's her name? Damn it! This is gonna be hard as fuck to Google. Ah, uh, shit. 
Um, <laughs> what about um, what about Lisa Bonet? Very good. A little bit, a little bit older than the rest of the cast. Is she? Uh, yeah, oh, I, but I did that math right. Let me Google her real quick. Not prohibitively so. Yeah, oh, I mean the rest. Oh, of almost ten years. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Damn but, it. But like you know, has has a good look. I like her a lot. Yeah, but I feel like a thirty-year-old opposite, like a thirty-year-old opposite a twenty-year-old, and trying to play that as a romance is going to feel weird on camera. Um. Right. That's the the age yeah, difference is too much. The age difference is too much. Shit. Okay. Fuck. Ah. It's yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um. About that. I mean, I don't feel bad about a young Jessica Biel. That feels okay. I feel, no, I don't feel bad about that at all. I think that works fine. Um, I'm What's sorry. I lost like, a goddamn uh, strange tangent here. Um, <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, is there any way you could get somebody fun in there as like one of the rebel aliens? And I was like, could you get Yao Ming in there? Could you put like a bowling ball in there? <laughs> Chinese dude that's seven. Oh, dude, let's put like Dennis Rodman in there as an alien. Well, I mean, he had he had already done movies in the in the nineties. That's what I was like. You know, it'd be really fun. Is like if you had a giant dude, Greg Ostertag or something. You know, just some (laughs) giant motherfucker. And then I was like, I can totally see like because Yao Ming is like this international property. Them being like, you should also be in films. Shaquille O'Neal was in films. Is that right. the right time for him? I don't. I don't yeah, know basketball well enough. Close. Yeah, it's pretty close. I okay, let's let's do this. Let's just put him in there. <laughs> like, yeah, he's in there. He's in there playing some kind of alien. Yeah, you know, just get get random people, um, puppeteers, whoever. Okay, look, for the girl, for the gal, we're not going to get. Okay, for the female resistance leader, we're not going to get Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's not going to happen. We're not going to get, are we going to get like a Tiffany Amber Thiessen or no? I was going through 90210. Not, um, not, not, not the best. Um, I got to, I can't wait, do I better got, than I got Jessica. One, I got to, I got to check a date. I got to, I have to, ooh, I was going to pull somebody from Gossip Girl, but that's not even until 2007. Oh yeah, that's way later, dude. Yeah. yeah that's way, way later. Look, this one's a little tricky. Um, I wonder why, why. Why do you think this is giving us so much trouble? I think because most of the teen shows that I watch ended right about 98, 99. I started college in 99. Mm, yeah, so, sure. Um, I was still watching teen shows, but it was mostly stuff from my youth. And then, You know what I think part of it, too, is we haven't really fleshed her out a lot. I don't know who we she is. Glo- really. Yeah, we glossed over that character, and so it's hard for me to be like oh, well, it has to be somebody that's, like, got this kind of a personality or has done this kind of a role. Like, um... Well, um... <laughs> Linda Cardellini? Not bad. Could be cool. Pretty good. Um, I mean, she did Scooby-Doo in what the fuck year did Scooby-Doo come out? Like 2000? How about Kate Hudson? 2002. Whoa, what? Kate Hudson? At the time, I think you could get her. Really? Well, she was doing, uh, she did Almost Famous in 2000. That was her breakout role. Oh, fuck, you're right. 
So if we go late 90s, if we go like 98. She's the same age as the rest of the cast. We go 98, 99. Kate Hudson's a walk-on. She's working for Sackwitz. That's crazy to think about because now she's like, she's like a shoe-in for any romantic comedy she ever wants to do. She's America's sweetheart. But man, it's totally crazy to think about her pre-Cameron Crow. Not doing much. I mean, she's working, but she's not doing much. Almost Famous was her breakout role. Wow. And it's 2000. I double-checked it before I brought, it, brought her up. See, we're thinking of Kate Hudson now. now. Yeah. Kate Holy Hudson shit. Kate Hudson 2000 not only is, like, smoking hot, but has chops. And you could get her for nothing. Fuck, dude. That's really good. As a side note... Her first film, Desert Blue, has the craziest cast I've ever seen. Desert Blue? I haven't seen that fucking Kate Hudson, John Hurd, Christina Ricci, Casey Affleck, Sarah Sarah Gilbert, Ethan Suple, Peter Sarsgaard, and Michael Ironside. Get the fuck out of town! That is a fucking Six Degrees to Kevin Bacon goldmine right there. (laughs) Holy shit. Wow. Holy fuck. (laughs) Anyway. Um, okay, let's do it. Let's lock it in. That's it. That's Kate Hudson is the female resistance leader who meets up with Ryder Strong and, uh, Anthony Keegan, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, they hook up to fight Tom Berenger's alien race. And along the way they meet Yao Ming at some point. Well, we have the jailbreak. Remember the jailbreak? Yeah. So that's, it, it's almost like a cameo. It's a walk-on. Dude, I love it. It all checks like, out for me. Basically, Yao Ming is kind of a parry because like, we're just going to throw him <laughs> in one scene, but he's going to be on the poster and yeah. make it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Sorry. Yao Ming is to the reconstitutors what Yoshi was to the Super Mario Brothers movie. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's he's a- in one seat just to say we did it. <laughs> It's very good, Drew. It's very good. That's a fun um, film. I kind of like that one, man. I feel like that's like a, yeah, that's like the 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 Maze Runner, uh, Hunger Games, Wing Commander mashup that never really came together <laughs> with Tom Berenger. Fuck. <laughs> how how? I was looking at bands, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what you want? You want like a big banging alternative rock song from like a big like a big an alternative band from the Uh time Uh so like you know me like i'm always going to try to pull an obscure band but i was like shit you know who was huge like foo fighters you know like you want like a my hero like you know what i'm talking about or like fucking i don't know like just something giant you know i do like the idea of having weird stuff like parents just don't understand and like a very kind of like hip wink to the audience sort of soundtrack mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like just little pop gems over time but you have to have that one band that does like the big closing credits and yeah, and it can be fucking jane's addiction or <laughs> well it's a little late for jane's addiction but like Okay, sure. Or, or well, like, right I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm going to recuse myself from the music conversation because I no, will no, but like, show my lack of expertise. No, but like Red Hot Chili, the reason I said Foo Fighters is like Dave Grohl's like a fun-loving guy. Yeah. And like, you know, the, the more you learn about the Foo Fighters, the more you go like, man, even if I don't like your music, you guys are great. 
Like, I can totally see them being like, dude, we made this giant Tom Berenger sci-fi Red Dawn movie, and he's like, oh, I got a song for you. <laughs> like, huge drums and big guitar. Okay, here's, here's the better question. Yeah. In the inevitable love scene between Ryder Strong and Kate Hudson, <laughs> what band does the slow ballad that they bone to? I nearly spit out my drink when you... Because <laughs> you know that scene is in there. And oh it has God. to be like a song that obviously got shoehorned in to sell more copies of the soundtrack. <laughs> how, long, how long was No Doubt together? Oh my God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> how long was No Doubt together? Let's see. Let's check <laughs> it out. They broke up in like 2001 or something, right? They stuck around for a while. 86 to present. Uh, but we all know that period where they fucking stopped doing shit and Gwen Stefani. Oh, no, they didn't go on a hiatus until the mid-2000s. In uh, 2002, <laughs> they put out Rocksteady. Oh, yeah, no. Okay. So if totally, this is 1998, we can totally get No Doubt. It's a No Doubt, it's a No oh, Doubt ballad. God. Yeah, that's what it... Yeah, 98 <laughs> is... Yeah, that's perfect because it's it's after their big hit album. It's so that's, they, that's where this film made its money back was on soundtrack sales because the Foo Fighters had an exclusive song and it had a no doubt ballad on it. <laughs> you, you know what it, it is? is it's, it's not quite as hip, but it's kind of like the Tank Girl soundtrack. I love Tank Girl. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Not even at me, anybody. Tank Girl rules. The comic, the movie, the soundtrack, it's all fucking amazing. It's great, yeah. But it's, this is like the more mainstream version of that soundtrack. I think probably. <laughs> That's great, dude. Okay, well, there it is. That's We did it. We did Reconstitutors. You know, a little bit of that was pulling teeth, but I'm really happy with kind of where we ended up, actually. That's wild. I, I, I'm just grateful we didn't do the reanimator. Like, we set out to not do the reanimator, and I think we got about as far away from the reanimator as you can get. Like, we haven't done a big sci-fi action movie. Well, we did New Hegemon. That was well, pretty, I, that was I, meant, I meant more like a, almost a space. It's not a space opera, but you know what? Like an epic. Oh, but it's veering one. into space opera for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know the next one is. Right. So this is like the third act of Return of the Jedi as an entire movie, basically. <laughs> right, yeah. It's great. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. It's like part Robin Hood, part Red Dawn. Part Independence Day. Boy, we really... Part we Star Wars. It was, a, it was a buffet. This was a... We ate from the buffet on this one. But, you know, that's how they fucking wrote this movie when they sat down. They were like, uh, let's like let's do some kind of Star Warsy stuff, but like let's mix it with some like Teen Red Dawn stuff. Like, yeah, no, this I, fucking great. People are going to go crazy. This movie had eight writers. This script got <laughs> passed around. Like, somebody wrote it and they were like, I'm doing Red Dawn for the, for the right. Red Dawn. And it got kicked down. It can't be like, it needs a little more fun. We need a little bit more Independence Day. And they were like, still not good enough. It's a, yeah. this is bad. So they kicked it to somebody else and they were like, they just kept adding shit. Until yeah, this is a movie that like four guys have story by credit on, which is always highly suspicious. Yeah, and then like, yeah, there's three uh, assistant screenwriters and two screenwriters and there's like eight producers. It's like, oh, this thing got batted around way yeah. too much. It's, it's not a script. It's a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great. That's pretty great. That's so. pretty great. And it was a great movie title suggestion. Cameron Baker. Thank you so much. I hope we did okay with that, Seabake. Thank you, Cameron. Well, it feels like a good day's work. You want to do some housekeeping and get out of here? Uh, let's do that. Uh, hey, I want to thank Brian Ahrens for our voiceover work. If you're interested in what he does, you can check him out at brianahrensvo.com. 
I would like to thank the band Pinko for the use of their song Oedipus Sex as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp. That song's on their self-titled album. They have lots of music. They're a great band. Check them out. Our next screening is January 25th. We're showing Stay Tuned at Kunstler Brewing in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, you can find out about all of our screenings at planetxcinema.com. You can also send us hypothetical movie title suggestions by visiting planetxcinema.com and clicking on the submit button or by emailing us at planetxcinema@gmail.com. Or if you review the show on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else you get podcasts, and please do subscribe uh, and rate the show. But if you write a review and you put a movie title in that comment, we will do it on the show. So uh, please, yeah, please leave those comments. Please leave those rates. Uh, we don't pay to advertise. So the only way that people hear about the show is by you sharing it. So please keep sharing it. Please keep letting people know we're out here doing this and uh, let us know if you, if you like it. Yeah. And thank you so much to people who have already rated and uh, left reviews. You've been really nice. So thank you. Very, we, we actually do really appreciate that. So thank you very much. Yeah. And it's helping out. So, so keep it coming. But the most important thing you can do besides sharing the show with people is send us your movie title suggestions. We literally can't make the show without them. So make sure those get to us. All right. Well, um, let's get the hell out of here. What's your name? Uh, my name is Drew Hicks. My name is Blair Hicks, and the search for Planet X continues. There goes my hero. They're all about like nuking trees, 